It's May Day, May 1st, 2013, and welcome to another edition of Bite Marks Cafe, where we serve you the first bite of today's technology. I'm Bert Lum. And I am Ryan Ozawa, and we'll be your geeks in residence for the next hour. First, we'll look at the latest tech news and happenings in Hawaii and beyond. And joining us today is Ron Albu from H-Mouse to tell us about the upcoming Spring Fest. Finally, we'll see how technology bills fared in this latest legislative session. And we'll look ahead to next year, which bills are likely to return and what does the tech community need to do to be better prepared. Have your questions and suggestions ready to call in or tweet. But first, the headlines. Well, the state of Hawaii, in partnership with e-government service provider Hawaii Information Consortium, unveiled its new official website on Friday. Visitors to Hawaii.gov will now find a striking new design and a completely restructured site that serves as the online gateway to government information services. The site was rebuilt from the ground up using modern web principles from responsive design to touch interfaces to microformats and was reorganized based on user analytics, search engine logs, and data from the state's customer service front lines. Hawaii.gov is now organized into four main categories, government information, information for residents, information for visitors, and information for businesses. Front and center is a search box which allows visitors to quickly find what they're looking for. According to the site, the guiding principle was a, quote, touch-first responsive, unquote, setup that works across browsers and mobile devices. It was built using open source tools and frameworks, at least to an extent, and took some design cues from everything from Windows 8 to Apple's iOS to the Flipboard news app. Well, the site content content is uh, optimized using periodically updated static content rather than dynamically served database information, making it fast and lightweight on the fun side, Hawaii.gov. Even has a day and night theme, switching to a darker look between 6 p.m. and 6 a.m. Hawaii time. Uh, the state's chief information officer, Sonny Bagawalia, told Government Technology that his goal is to make all 150 citizen ser- uh, services provided by the state available via the new web portal. In fact, the homepage features a tally of the services and resources provided online. In the last week, from 500 marriage license payments to 300 camping permit reservations. Now, yeah, you know, I looked at the new site design, and it is pretty spiffy looking. I mean, it does sort of have that uh, Windows 8 appearance. Very flat, very sharp. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, they're paying a lot of attention to icons, to fonts. Um, I mean, definitely following what is now the the cutting edge of or the the current model of design. Um, I keep thinking, though, like, for example, our friend Susan Jarowski, who made a series of video tutorials on how to navigate the state's website. The old one. Yes. Now, Uh well, she'll have to be doing that, (laughs) doing another set of videos. But it is a very good looking. I mean, I would say for a government website, Mm -hmm. uh, it's it's very sharp looking. And it certainly, I, I hope, puts a little fire under the city for its website, which you know, has been around for a while. And, yeah, and that, that's like. that's true. And I, I think the city is, you know, uh, working on, on something, so they will unveil that uh, shortly. Well, I, I take that back. I mean, they're, they're still in the process of uh, getting the uh, specifications on what they want. But, yeah, the, the state site is definitely an example. And, you know, to the state's credit, um, there was a pretty good conversation on a on a list that I'm uh, subscribed to uh, with the Code for America folks, and and they were quite impressed with uh, what was resulting. From yeah, it. and in fact, if you're a if you're a geeky geek, you can actually go to that site and they list all of the tools they use: mm-hmm. uh, Jekyll, mm-hmm. JSON, Markdown, and you know all the sort of things that make them get all excited. I'm certain. Um, and you know they did do note that it is new; it's not fully indexed, and there are some pages that aren't actually there when you try to go to them, and they are looking for bug reports. But uh, for a launch and for a government 
Government website. Uh, definitely. Mm-hmm. And, and that's something you and I are happy about is that uh, the link Links to, the to Open Data, open data right. is right there on the front page. The Pacific International Space Center for Exploration Systems, or PICES, entered into partnerships with several organizations last week that support space exploration. The new partnerships are the first agreements for the center in five years. Coupled with $800,000 in funding authorized in the state budget yesterday by the legislature, they signaled together a strong and growing level of support for an aerospace research and development park in Hawaii. In all, six agencies signed a memorandum of understanding with PICES. Local partners include the Hawaii Tech Works Program, led by the East Hawaii Community Development Corporation and Russ Ogie, an independent 3D printing and design consultant. On the mainland, Pisces has enlisted the support of the Center for Rapid Automated Fabrication Technologies at the University of Southern California and the International Society for Terrain Vehicle Systems in New Hampshire. And the center's supporters include two international partners, the International Space Exploration Research Institute at Hanyang University in Korea and the Center for Space Engineering Research at the University of New South, South Wales in Australia. Together, all these agencies will work on educating local students interested in space careers, providing aerospace job training for local workers, and explore space-ready 3D printing and manufacturing techniques. Pisces Executive Director Rob Kelso said in a statement, many of the initiatives involve robotics, construction material research, renewable energy, telecommunications. The benefit will not only be technologies for use on planetary surfaces, but also innovative technologies that can have immediate application for the Hawaii economy and the general well-being of the state. Well, you know, this is uh, interesting. And, and, you know, we've had uh, Jim Christofoli on in previous years. And And Russ Ogie as well. And the struggle to actually get funding for programs like this has always been a struggle, and it's nice to hear that uh, you know they're they're getting uh, some some money. the The other thing that uh, you know, as we've reported here on Bite Marsh Cafe, is that there seems to be a lot more active space related activities taking place in Hawaii. Right. Like there's going to be you know the the launch uh, of one of the um, little satellites, the first space launch from yeah Hawaii. on on yeah. Uh, yeah, PMRF and. Um, that's taking place in October. You know, there's uh, Kim Binstead and her activities uh, looking at the analog version of uh, food. food, you know, food yeah. and, and living on a Martian uh, landscape. So all this stuff is certainly right up our alley. And, of course, I think a key part was that we reported last year when they basically moved Pisces from a University of Hawaii mm-hmm. at Hilo mm-hmm. program to something under DBED. So the, you know, the economic development applications and the intent certainly, I think, makes a stronger case for Pisces. Good, good stuff. Well, the University of Hawaii and Hawaii-based sensor manufacturing firm IntelliSense Technology last week marked Earth Day by publishing a case study on the history and accomplishments of the Center for Conservation, Conservation Research and Training, or CCRT. The center was founded in 1993 by UH researchers as part of an effort to make Hawaii a center of excellence in environmental research and technology development. Its focus has been to test products on their way to the private sector for uh, their commercial viability and other applications. IntelliSense and the CCRT began collaborating in earnest in 2009 when they worked with the Waipa Foundation on Kauai to study the impact on hum- of human activities in Waipa Valley. They monitored climate in the valley and the quality of water flow in the Waipa stream. That study led to several other environmental research initiatives, many of them growing into larger projects that have now drawn support from agencies like the National Science Foundation. The work often helps communities develop resource management plans and prepare for climate change. IntelliSense, which is headquartered here but remains or, or maintains research and development offices in Silicon Valley, 
was spun out from the partnership between Stanford University and NASA. Its sensor technology is deployed around the world from Hawaii to Africa, Asia, and the Middle East. CCRT Associate Director Mike Kido said in the statement, we have found IntelliSense to be crucial, a crucial part of our research efforts. By using the company's technology, not only were we able to do this very quickly, we were able to gather, organize, and share this information with others in real time as well. Now, you know, the, um, the, the, the timeliness of this story is that, uh, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, we had uh, Ken Kanashiro and Jack Kay from Yolani. Uh, of course, Ken Kanashiro is the director over uh, at the Center for Conservation Research and Training. And, uh, you know, they were talking about IntelliSense and how it's being deployed in places like Waipa Valley. And, and of course, uh, you know, they've had it uh, deployed over at Iolani. And, and this is uh, sort of um, something that I think um, we should kind of pay attention to because the idea is that they, they want to locate some of these sensors in, in other places sure. across the islands as well as across the state and uh, achieve something that's also being called uh, the exemplar state. Right, and they, they're in all areas, all industries. There is certainly a defense component. There's the environmental conservation component, uh, education even, as with Iolani and media. Just last month, IntelliSense announced kind of their next generation remote sensor, the IntelliCell with GPS and Wi-Fi and solar battery power, and uh, it can create a, a, has a range of 40 miles and a mm-hmm. mesh network, and you can set these things up almost in any environment. So uh, sensors and the Internet of Things, I think there's a lot of crossover oh, yeah. there, so oh, yeah. uh, it's a good I- industry to be in moving forward. And of course, if you're interested in looking at this uh, uh, case study, you can go to uh, the on the web. You go to https uh, colon slash slash is dot collaborate dot org slash Earth Week. The Hawaiian Electric companies spanning utilities on Oahu, Maui, and the Big Island set a new record in the amount of power that sourced from renewable sources last year. This is in its annual Renewable Portfolio Standard Report, which was filed with the State Public Utilities Commission. The company says 13.9% of Hawaii's energy needs came from renewable generation. That's up from 12% in 2011 and ahead of projections needed to hit a goal of 15% by 2015. A key to the record are several utility-scale and rooftop solar voltaic facilities added to all islands, wind energy generation on Oahu and Maui, and geothermal energy production on the Big Island. The companies noted in a press release that the figure could actually be as high as 28.7% if energy and energy savings from solar water heating and other efficiency programs is included. But those inclusions will be dropped from the official renewable portfolio standard in 2015, and both the utilities and the state are looking further ahead to 2030. That's when the Clean Energy Initiative has set a goal of 40% for renewable energy generation. Scott Sue, Vice President for Energy Resources and Operations, said in a statement, we need to keep pressing for more renewable energy to stabilize and lower customer bills, enhance the security of our way of life in Hawaii, and protect the environment of our islands and the world. Well, you know, this is interesting because, uh, you know, there is that goal, uh, and, and obviously we're, we're reaching that goal. Uh, we actually are, are proving that uh, we can become more efficient ahead of uh, the, the projections. Um, certainly, but, you know, I, I think uh, almost 14% is impressive. I was looking on the Internet trying to see how other states in general mm-hmm, are doing. Mm-hmm. Idaho claims well in excess of 80%, 80%, and that's impressive. Iowa says 14% just from wind. They're saying that worldwide you're looking at 19%. So we're just, you know, we're in that neighborhood for sure. Uh, Peter Rosig from uh, HECO mm-hmm. told KITV that they're looking specifically at RFPs, requests for proposals for 200-megawatt-sized uh, projects. I mean, these are some bigger projects. They're 
excited about ocean thermal energy conversion mm-hmm, or mm-hmm. OTEX. So there's still a lot of room, hopefully, to continue this this move toward more renewable energy. Yeah, yeah, interesting. Uh, you know, kind of a, a, a side effect, maybe unintended uh, consequence, was that there was another story out about how the uh, barrel tax, which helps kind of fund the natural energy resource uh, laboratory on the Big Island, is actually losing funding because the barrel tax is obviously getting less right, and less right. because of all this alternative energy. Very interesting. Well, finally, for a, qu- a couple of quick stories, we wanted to share with you the Maui News reported last week that Maui Tropical Egg or, or um, Algae Farm uh, has picked up where Fuji Chemical left off in 2010. The company is using a 21-acre facility in the Kihei Tech Park to produce an algae that is a key ingredient in the astaxanthin, a popular dietary supplement used to boost heart health. The farm has implemented a new, largely off-grid process for growing the algae. And on the tech calendar, people interested in cloud computing are invited to attend a workshop at the University of Hawaii on Saturday. Local tech consultant Kepano Kekuheva will focus on cloud applications for small businesses. The workshop is being put on by the UH Outreach College and costs $50. And for more information on that, you can go on the cloud to outreach.hawaii.edu. And now joining us here in the studio is Ron Albu from HMouse, and that's the Hawaii Macintosh Apple User Society, to tell us about the upcoming Spring Fest. Welcome to the show, Ron. Well, thank you. Thank, thanks for having me. Yeah, you know, we've uh, kind of followed the HMouse and some of the various uh, events that they put on. Spring Fest is an annual one, and uh, I think Oktoberfest is another Mac-tober one. Oktoberfest. Mactoberfest, that's <laughs> right. That happens in October. But uh, Spring Fest, uh, tell us a little bit about that. Well, uh, we also are focused on the cloud this year. Our theme is, in the cloud, there are rainbows. A lot of people, mm. um, they're afraid of the cloud. They, they see a black cloud, but <laughs> we, we think the cloud has a lot to offer. And, you know, uh, people talk about the Apple tax, but, in fact, when you buy Apple devices – uh, one of the things that makes them all work together is the new iCloud service. Mm-hmm. Um, that's free. You get that with any Apple device you get. And it used to be something that we had to pay for, but now it is free. That's right. Up to a certain amount, for yeah. sure. Yeah. yeah. And uh, so if you put an entry on your calendar on your uh, your iPad or your, your iPhone, it shows up on your MacBook. And even, if you set it up properly, on your Windows computer. So uh, the uh, Spring Fest is usually just a series, uh, or inclu- not just, but includes a series of sessions on specific topics, um, you know, perhaps exhibits and things that people are just putting on display or sharing. Um, what are some of, the, some of the topics that people can, can dive deeper into at Spring Fest? Okay, well, our keynote address, uh, we'll start off with Joe Kissel. He's a Macworld uh, presenter, and he's an author. He's written books on iCloud, on passwords, on a number of uh, tech items, uh, uh, mostly Apple-related. Um, we're going to follow up with some individual uh, presenters. One is an Apple-authorized uh, training center uh, uh, representative who works with businesses. Um, uh, one is a, a one-password uh, representative who mm. worked on that program. Um, we have Beth Gretsch, who's an IT specialist and former Apple team uh, a member. And um, those that's the morning we're going to have a lot of information about the cloud and security on, in the, when you're using the cloud. Um, and we're also going to have a, a presenter, the Dolly Drive, uh, that gives uh, discounts to Mac user groups. They have uh, on, online backup through the cloud as well as many of the features of Dropbox and, and iCloud itself. Um, it is a pay program. It's, the pricing is rather surprisingly uh, low. And you can back up all your devices well, that way. You mentioned one password. That's a utility that I love and swear by. It works on on iOS and Windows and you know all platforms. And 
when we're seeing more and more stories about even the Associated Press getting hacked on Twitter and people getting hacked left and right, it's all about passwords right now, unfortunately, mm-hmm. the default way to control access to a system. And unfortunately, even people very, perhaps people in my house use the same password on all 90 online uh, things. So something like 1Password helps you come up with very complex passwords, but it specifically makes it so you don't have to remember it. Right. And, you know, you can quickly log into things. So I think that's one. So security is certainly something you would cover. Usually there's the photography. Is there a photography Yeah, well, well? let me say one, one of the new events this year. Um, we have our annual meeting at noon. It's short. Um, we're going to have Macadamy Awards. We're inviting Mac- our members. Macadamy Awards. Macadamy Awards. That's the first we're inviting, I've heard of that. We're inviting our members to, to submit short projects. They can be slideshows, short iMovie clips, uh, photography, any project. It only has to have an Apple device involved. Uh, the, the grand uh, prize is going to be a wireless uh, Canon AirPrint printer. Um, also, one of our members is going to win our grand prize of the day, and that's going to be an, a new iPad mini. Well, um, that's great. And, and now, so who, who are you, um, you know, sort of attracting to SpringFest? Well, our, our awards, our, our main awards are for members at our annual meeting, but we will have um, stuff to give away during the day as well, and we're attracting anybody who's interested, mm-hmm. um, particularly um, anybody who uses the, the Apple devices. Uh, we're going to have a breakout on HDR photography. Hmm. Or we're going to have a professional photographer there who's going to give his tips about stuff for not only the basic users, the new users, but the professionals as well. Um, we're going to have help for people that are new to the iPhone and the iPad who want to learn stuff about that. Our, one of our favorites is an iPad uh, drawing expert, Mike Harada. He's an artist and graphic arts instructor, and it's always fun to see him take that iPad, and within a few minutes he's got a beautiful drawing, mm-hmm. and, and it shows mm-hmm. how simple uh, anybody can do it. So um, the one thing we we're, want people to know, it's going to be Saturday the 11th. Uh, that's a week from this Saturday at the, uh, the Capital One 360. Uh, it's a hospitality building. They're letting us use it for free. The only requirement is you do have to valet park with us because they're expecting a lot of people. But we're subsidizing. It's only $4 a car. So so uh, the Capital One building used to be the – is that in, the in Indirect Cafe. It's right across the street from Tony, Tony Roma's. Fantastic. Near Great. Waikiki. Great. Yeah. Sounds good. Thanks, Ron, for joining us. And thank you for having us. Hope you can hope and see you there. Yep. Thanks. And uh, that's what, what's been happening this week. We'll take a short break. And when we return, we'll be joined by Senator Glenn Wakai, Representative Angus McKelvey, and Carl Fuchs from DBED. We'll explore and learn how tech bills fared in this legislative session and prepare, perhaps, for things ahead next year. We'd, of course, love you to be a part of that conversation as well. More and more tech folks are engaged with the legislative process, so please join us and call 941-3689 or toll-free from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. And, of course, you can also tweet us your questions at ByteMarks or at Hawaii. This is ByteMarks Cafe. The Atherton 2013 concert season begins Saturday, May 4th at 7.30 as Michael Tenenbaum and Stefan Fox share an evening of Celtic-infused soundscapes with guest appearances by saxophonist Randy Wheeler, Stephen Inglis guitar, and Robert Wehrman piano. Tenenbaum plays guitar and Fox plays the enigmatic Santor Cymbalon, and both have collaborated for over a decade sharing a cinematic breath and delicate acoustic instrumental sensitivity in their personal compositions. Reservations at 955-8821 during business hours. The 2013 session is in its last hours, but already some education advocates are touting it as a win for preschoolers through post-secondary students. Senate Education Committee Chair Jill Tokuda weighs in tomorrow morning at 8 on The Conversation.
And welcome back to Bite Mars Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. And joining us today is Senator Glenn Wakai and Representative Angus McKelvey. Senator Wakai heads up the Senate Committee on Technology and the Arts, while Representative McKelvey is the chair of the House Committee on Consumer Protection and Commerce. 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 Meanwhile, Carl Fuchs heads up the Hawaii Strategic Development Corporation, or HSDC, an attached agency and a part of the Department of Business, Economic Development, and Tourism. And how would you rate the outcome of this legislature? And and when it comes to, of course, technology bills, we'd love to have your questions and comments. But uh, that way, that you can just give us a call. The number is 941-3689 on Oahu or one 941 from the neighbor islands and while the representative and, and senator are taking a picture in the studio, I, I want to welcome, uh, I wanna welcome them all to um, and, and Carl to uh, Bite March Cafe. Thank you. Thanks for having us. Thanks for having us. Good to be back. Well, Absolutely. I'll, you know, we, we, we only got the uh, senator and representative uh, here for the, the first sort of 20 minutes, and I wanted to sort of get the Senator Wakai to, to give us a sense of how you would assess this last uh, this, this session, which has actually one more day to go, but uh, for the most part, I think we, you can kind of consider it, Paul. Yeah. I have been the technology chair for the first time this year, and I will have to say, although I, I've been involved in politics, looking at it from economic development for a number of years, I would say that this pro- by far was the best year for technology and was a really good year for economic development uh, bills as well. We passed through far more technology-related bills that were are going to improve our community than I have remembered us passing in, the, in at least 10 years. Do you uh, attribute that to any particular thing, I mean, uh, th- in this session than, than previous? I have a phenomenal colleague on the other side in the House to work with, Angus McKelvey, as well as Representative Suji. And I think you just have a new uh, team there representing technology at the Capitol, a team that really works together and sees the greater good in improving the infrastructure, the regulatory side of, of technology, and are all on the same page. And the people of Hawaii will benefit from this new sense of teamwork. Mm-hmm. Uh, Representative Definitely. I just want to echo that on the Senate side as well. You know, to have Glenn is uh, the chair, the lead on technology over there was really good. You have somebody who knows tech, who, you know, knows what it's about and is out there in social media contacting with the tech people. So to have that fresh perspective was really engaging the session, I think, because it was a dynamic shakeup. It got people excited and people were willing to look at these things again in a whole new light than in previous years. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Now, would you, so I would imagine, Representative, you might agree the best year of for for a long time, and I guess in a way, I'm also kind of curious. What does that? I mean, what was the apart from the incredible partnership in the legislature itself? I mean, what was it in terms of the tech industry that uh, was lacking, perhaps previously, that is starting to, you know, now having an impact or now finding recognition at the Capitol? I think what it is is that, that more people are getting involved, they're getting engaged. I think some of the, the things that have popped up between sessions, for instance, on Facebook, some of the user groups you know that are on there that we met each other mm-hmm, on, I mm-hmm. mean, those have been incredible for getting people out to submit testimony and to also meet with their representative or senator and talk story with them. And, of course, you know, I have to give props to Carl Fuchs and the administration in DBED because he's been really good at helping to engage the tech community at these forums and sessions and seminars and telling them it's important you get out, it's important you testify, it's important you engage your lawmakers on these issues so they know how important it is. We saw grassroots engagement this year that we haven't seen in the past. In the past, I think it was government officials and associations. And really, when you look at the tech growth or 
in previous years, a lot of it was based on Act 221 and tax credits. And I think this year you're going to see a much more holistic approach to, to technology. But, Ryan, to answer your question, I think it was great that we finally saw just your rank-and-file citizen getting engaged. And government is there for the rank-and-file citizens. Government was not established to help associations and, and huge businesses become more profitable, but really to help the people. And it was really nice to see so many different voices that haven't been part of the capital discussion in the past being fully engaged this year. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So, Carl, you got some uh, props certainly well-deserved from uh, Representative McKelvey. And I'm going to ask you, I mean, it sounds like we're in this post-221 world, but one where perhaps now this more holistic approach in the tech industry has a different character and a different approach to things. And from the economic development perspective, uh, would you have the same assessment of this year's uh, legislative session? Oh, absolutely. I think it was uh, a very good good session. We, we got a lot of uh, things accomplished, and uh, a lot of it is uh, attributable to new leadership. But I want to point out that both Rep. McKelvey and Senator Wakai have been, you know, fighting for the tech industry for a number of years. Both of them very much supported the uh, Venture Accelerator Program last year, which I think really helped to crystallize this new consensus in our community about what can happen, you know, how we can get things done, and how the community can really interact with the legislature and get things into the community that are very, very beneficial. So. You know, my kudos also go to both of those gentlemen. You know, the uh, the bill, of course, that uh, I, I was uh, sort of personally involved in, uh, which was the uh, open data bill, uh, you know, from, from my perspective, you know, I, so, I saw a certain kind of view of it as it sort of progressed through the legislature. But uh, I think you folks both being there all the time, you know, working with all the, the various uh, personalities and legislators and, and the dynamics that perhaps the public doesn't really get uh, a feel for. Uh, could you sort of, sort of characterize, you know, what that was like uh, in terms of maybe, maybe articulate how we as the public might appreciate some of the things that you have to do in, in sort of the behind the scenes trying to help get some of these uh, tech bills moved? Well, politics is a blood sport at times. <laughs> sure well is. said. Well Jump said. right in there. So, yeah. Because it's not always the merits or the demerits of a bill. And um, personalities and relationships are so vital to the success or demise of, of a bill. And keep in mind, on average, there's about three or 4,000 bills that are introduced in January. And tomorrow, uh, we'll probably send a total of maybe about 250 bills to the governor's desk. Mm -hmm. So if you do the math, about 92% of the ideas that start in January die for a a number of reasons. Open data was one of the lucky 8% of the bills that actually made it through. Um, And that was because you... Um, as well as Ryan and, and, and a number of the individuals um, in, our, in our community didn't lose focus of this, this bill because at any particular juncture, you take your eye off the ball or the bill in this case, that bill can easily fall into the 92% mm-hmm. and disappear. So it's really about being conscientious and not letting impediments or personalities come in the way of getting good legislation through. Now, Representative McKelvey, I think it was Senator Wakai who had said that it's unusual for a bill in its first incarnation ever to make it. And we're going to cover a lot of bills, hopefully, today, many of whom have come through or tried to come through several times before. So uh, how would you say, you know, what was the success for, certainly in Burt's case, really following this bill and being at the Capitol and trying to figure out who he's supposed to talk to, who he's supposed to meet with, uh, you know, not pretty much a neophyte at this process. Uh, So what helped Bert uh, and what helped the bill still survive? Well, I think really one of the big things was, at least for the House side, is that the power chairs, the B-bracket committee chairs, you know, made this a priority. 
you know, we wanted to see this move. We can see that the, especially we had a report coming out naming Hawaii like one of the worst, go, you know, state governments when it comes to tech information to the public. You know, open data you know speaks to the heart of that. And so by making it a priority, when you negotiate with the other side, you know, you it's clear that this chamber has this as one of the priorities. The other chamber has its priorities, and so if both sides want to be able to advance their priorities to the governor. They have to be able to give and take and form that relationship. So although we consumer protection committee, we are commerce. And so open data was one of our priorities Mm -hmm. from that side. And so working with the chairs on the Senate side, they had their priorities that they wanted to see move through the House. And so that's why we're able to come to an agreement and get open data out of their two conference committee, optical conference committee, and then now it's on its way up to the governor. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And and same with – and with the case with high growth, high growth was actually the second stage of a program of the Venture Accelerator. And just want to point this out. I mean why legislators took a new look before all – before these programs were started was about just tax credits. Mm -hmm. And there was a lot of attacks on tech. You know, well, you can't measure the metrics. It's just money going out, corporate welfare, yada, yada. But now what's happening is with this new holistic approach with well-defined benchmarks and with a system, you can see the results, the economic impact and such. Now legislators are like, okay, they're taking a whole new look at tech with a completely different set of eyes. And that's why, you know, Glenn's work and especially Carl's work is really important in helping to change the dynamics of the game. The tech isn't is not isn't of all about tax credits, about innovation, it's about economic development, and about helping to form these clusters that cut across all sectors. Mm-hmm. We're talking to Senator Glenn Wakai, Representative Angus McKelvey, at least for the next 10 minutes, as well as Carl Fuchs from DBED about tech legislation and moving tech bills through the Capitol. And if you've got a question, a comment, if you want to jump in and you want to learn how to follow in Bert's footsteps, perhaps, and and become part of the conversation the blood there, bath. you can join <laughs> the, the, the blood sport. You can give us a call at 941-3689 or from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Now, Carl, we've, we've talked a little bit about the High Growth Initiative. How has that bill fared this year? Well, it did be passed out. Uh, the legislature appropriated $6 million in the first year. Uh, initially, our ask was $20 million, so some may take away that uh, was very little money granted. But in fact, I think it was a, a very great opportunity for the tech community now to show what we can do uh, with this type of money. Mm-hmm. Uh, what we did ask for was $10 million for each of the two years of the biennium, and that totaled to $20 million. And I think what the legislature signaled was, we're willing to give you $6 million for the first year. Let's see how that gets deployed. As Rhett McKelvey pointed out, you know, we're interested to see and measure impacts, understand how these programs work. And as we learn more and understand more, we're certainly willing to be more supportive. And so let's get a good first start. Let's see what can get accomplished, and then come back and talk. And I think that was a very encouraging message. Well, this was described as like the second phase of the the earlier of last year's legislation that talked about the venture accelerator. So, what is it specifically, or or more broadly, uh, that this that this uh, high growth initiative makes as the next step? Well, uh, the main focus, I think, uh, again, to to refrain a little bit about what was talked earlier, was to get away from an individual company perspective and providing a tax credit to a certain project, but mm-hmm. to really look at what is the ecosystem here, what is the environment that is supportive of startup companies, because we all realize that startup companies are very fragile. Mm-hmm. Um, the failure rate among startups is very, very high, and we shouldn't shy away from that. What we should do is recognize that, figure out what kind of ecosystem is supportive 
that will help a company survive, number one. But if it does fail, what can help it regenerate and what can get those people back up on their feet and starting another business? Mm -hmm. And so that's really the purpose of the High Growth Initiative is to start to look at where can we invest in and we really mean to invest in, in support infrastructure, so platforms that help entrepreneurs become better entrepreneurs, to help companies become better companies, to help investors become more efficient in how they find companies and invest in them. So, you know, we're going to look at all different ways to, to get that accomplished. Well, you know, and, and we want to talk more about the uh, High Growth Initiative and actually, you know, maybe delve into what the tech community can do going forward, maybe in preparing for 2014. But I also want to ask uh, Representative McKelvey about uh, some of the successes that you've uh, been a part of, like uh, with Pisces. I mean, Pisces has been something that we've talked about on our show, and we've been sort of following uh, some of, you know, like the Office of uh, Aerospace and, and the activities of, of trying to create sort of the space industry here in Hawaii. And you've been pretty much at the forefront of, of a lot of the legislation that goes uh, goes through each year. How would you characterize this year's support for like a program like Pisces? This has been you know another year of great, incredible support for Pisces, both with our House and Senate members and our money chairs. Uh, it's been exciting to see the type of partnerships have been forming with universities in Korea as well as with our partners in India and other space-faring nations. And what what really attracts lawmakers to aerospace is it's the industry. They're going to they, they, it's our environment, our positioning, as well as you know all of the intangibles of Hawaii is why they want to be here, why they want to do this analog testing here, and that's the type of activity that is you know pono with what we're t- trying to do in Hawaii with mm-hmm. sustainability. So I think you know again back to the tax credit question, you know one of my lawmaker friends said, look, you know what's great about aerospace is. They come in, they say, we don't need a credit to be here. We're going to be here because of the intangibles that you offer to us in our industry and be able to grow and develop. And the spinoffs to tech and the relationships to tech is just incredible. I mean, the broadband initiative ties right into aerospace. It creates a market demand for more aggressive broadband rollout. There's all sorts of spinoffs that happen from aerospace. One of the most exciting ones this year is the lunar con- is the concrete project. Where mm-hmm. Through a system, they will be able to melt existing lava and make roads out of it on the Big Island. So so there's a demo project that's been funded this year in a bill to do a road where you would basically, instead of shipping in oil and tar and asphalt and using big compressors, this machine here would melt the existing bedrock and basically allow you to cast a road out of it, which is what you're going to need in a lunar environment. You can't haul all that up to the moon. Mm-hmm. Just saying, you know, some of the the aquaponics works and, you know, all sorts of things. A telemetric laser project was just announced by NASA. That's going to be here in Hawaii. So I'm very excited about what the growth of aerospace right now Great. Uh, you know, we have a, uh, a caller on the line, and I want to uh, encourage anybody who wants to talk to uh, Senator Wakai or Representative McKelvey to uh, give us a buzz. The number is 941-3689 or from the neighbor islands at one eight seven seven nine four one three six eight nine. We want to welcome Ryan from Kaka'ako. Welcome to the show. Great name, Ryan. Yeah. Yeah. Hi. Thanks for having me. Um, and thank you, Senator Wakai and uh, Representative McKelvey for um, kind of pushing tech and kind of helping it gain more of a foothold as the years have progressed. But anyway, I have a, just a really sim- simple question is, is um, given your leadership positions, uh, what do you see on the horizon in the future and other legislative issues that you want to address maybe next year that you didn't get to this year because it's a biennium? Great question, Wyatt Ryan. And I, I wanted to, yeah, kind of pose that question. Maybe Senator Wakai, what do you, what do you see happening for uh, next year? I'd like to fully fund the high growth initiative. Uh, Carl talked about how we gave it a 
bit of money, but uh, would like to fully fund that in the future. One of my tech disappointments this year, mm-hmm. if I may talk about it, is uh, that we didn't save HTIC, uh, the Hawaii Innovative uh, yeah, Hawaii Technology, Hawaii Technology Innovation, Innovation yeah. Corporation, uh, because we needed a nonprofit entity to be the repository for federal grants, private grants, uh, because the state can't be taking that in. And, and it was supposed this organization is sunsetting this year. We weren't through well, political wrangling, weren't able to keep it alive. So I'd like to, uh, I guess we're going to have to come back next year to create a similar high tech uh, organization to help us allow Carl to do the great things that the Hawaii Growth Initiative is planning You know, to do. Uh, and, and I was kind of following that, Bill, and, and this nonprofit, and really what it was uh, trying to do is, I mean, just get a extension of its existence. Correct. What was it that you found to be the objection to that, I mean, on some of the discussions that were taking place? I think both the House and Senate saw the value of having HTIC there. Unfortunately, in the legal, pl- in the legislative play, there was another part two that was attached that talked about public-private development that uh, over the past mm-hmm. two years has been almost like a kryptonite issue. I mean, anything that looked, walked, or sounded like a D- PLDC mm-hmm. uh, doomed a bill. So unfortunately, that wart got thrown onto what I think is a great bill, and it became the subject of uh, controversy and thus went down in flames. Mm-hmm. Representative McKelvey, I mean, any, any thoughts on, on yeah. perhaps uh, what might uh, might have been uh, losses, I mean, this year that maybe might surface up next year? Well, the HTIC is a big one. You know, I'm dis- I was disappointed that we weren't in the referral pattern on that one, and that's a lesson learned to me because that's one where we- I would have just tailed it on to the high-growth bill. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, no, seriously, I think Glenn's right. We've got to look at that. Also, we've got to look at, you know, the development of, you know, the Innovation Center down in Kaka'ako uh, as well as the existing Manoa Innovation Center. The lease is going to run out, and there's going to be a period where – if we don't look at this extending the Manoa Innovation Center lease while this new center is being built, you could literally have the center being lost and then this other facility hasn't been built out yet. And there's no campus environment for tech, which is, of course, important for the exchange of ideas and information. What I call the, you know, you put chocolate in my peanut butter effect. Mm-hmm. I'm working on one project. This guy next door is working on another. And, hey, two great tastes to take. We got a whole new spin off, a whole new project. And so that's why I'm a big fan of the campus concept and the clusters because so many great ideas and spinoffs come out where you would never envision them before. So that's really, you know, on the tech front where I'd like to focus and work with Senator Wakai on, you know, because most of my other big issues actually are in areas that we probably would never talk about on this program. So. Well, I, you know, maybe off off radio, we'll we'll chat a little bit about what those are. You know, wh- one of the things that uh, I know you, we're gonna um, probably break pretty soon, and, and you folks have to go off to you know better, bigger, and better things uh, this evening. But uh, perhaps you know there might be an opportunity in the off session to get together again and, and maybe convene some discussions with the tech community and sort of do a little brainstorming and see perhaps where we can go and prepare for twenty fourteen. That would be a, a fantastic idea, and it's so funny because somehow legislators act like we're still in high school. We have, like, summer vacation ahead of us, so to speak, and we dilly-dally, and then we wait until the final moments uh, once the session gets through, and then all of a sudden conference, that's when the work starts happening, mm-hmm. right? If we could be a little bit more conscientious, m- myself and 
inclusive in working this seven months of this interim period to have that discussion so we're not scrambling at the last week in April to get good ideas through, that would make a lot of sense. Okay. I, I think I think real quick, well, you know, I don't sit on economic development, but I was going to talk to Ch- Chair Suji about perhaps working with Glenn Wakai what they call an informational briefings, which are briefings the legislature holds and the committees on a specific subject to have like a tech info briefing. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. So the tech community can come out, share their ideas for the next session. We can have more discussion and then as Glenn said, we can draft the bills. But real quick, one other thing I'd like to work on next year is crowdfunding initiative. We had a bill. We deferred it for a reso that hmm. DBED's going to do. And so hopefully that report will be to us in time and we can look <laughs> at uh, using it for some pilot for some state projects. Like there's one on Maui I think that would be very successful um, as a crowdfunding option. Mm-hmm, so that's something mm-hmm. I'd really like to look at next session. Well, too. we're definitely going to want to uh, keep that conversation going. I would love to go to a session to learn from you about how to engage in the process and perhaps the tech community could yeah, answer your questions about some of the initiatives taking place. So we'll definitely be tracking that for sure. And so right now we'll say goodbye to Senator Wakai and Representative McKelvey. And we want to thank you both for uh, joining us. Well, thanks for having us. And ha- thanks so much for your leadership throughout the session, Bert. Yes, well, definitely. You guys are great examples. And I just followed the, in, your sh- in, your, in your footsteps. <laughs> and you have a great show, too, and a great audience. And you know, and feel free, everybody out there, to look Glenn, us, Glenn and I up on Facebook and friend us so we can keep the conversation Fantastic. going. Fantastic. Sounds good. And of course, we'll take a short break. And when we return turn we've got Carl Fuchs and we're going to pay all of our attention to him and hopefully you know not make him all stressed out right absolutely and again we will continue the conversation about what the tech community can do and what it might want from government so please give us a call at 941-3689 or from the neighbor islands 877-941-3689 this is Bite Marks Cafe Whenever I'm traveling on other islands, I immediately set all my buttons on the rental car to whatever HPR transmitters are available. Probably drives the, the, the car lot attendants crazy, but, <laughs> but uh, uh, I've always done that for many, many years. Member-supported Hawaii Public Radio. Radio with vision. Listen and see. Jungle Rocket started life in jam sessions in the hills of Pupukea back in 2007. Guitarist Bill Howes and Larry McElhaney invited drummer Jimbo Walsh to join them, and the trio was the basis for what has expanded into a North Shore band that is heard everywhere on Oahu. Their Atherton debut on May 11th at 7.30 will include Louis the Fish on blues harp, Bailey Matsuda piano, and Larry Spaulding on harp, uke, and percussion. Reservations at 955-8821 during business hours. Welcome back. This is Bite Marks Cafe. I'm Bert Lum. And I'm Ryan Ozawa. And to finish the hour, we'll be talking to Carl Fuchs about the tech community, tech legislation, and the future. And, of course, we would like to see what can the tech community do to better prepare for uh, next year, the, 2020, the 2014 legislative session. And, and maybe Carl can give us some insight into that. And, of course, you can give us a call here. The number is 941-3689 on Oahu or 1-877-941-3689 from the neighbor islands. Carl, we got you all to ourselves. So I want you to tell us now, you know, we we had talked a little bit about the high growth initiative and uh, we had uh, conversations about the, you know, the $20 million. And and as you just revealed, it's it's basically $6 million. What is it that you think um, – in your mind, what you can do? I know you had plans to do something with the twenty million, ten million in this first year, ten million in the next year. How do you see using sort of 
40% less of that? What do you, what's in your game plan? Okay. No, fair question. And uh, first, I just want to take a step back and, and um, uh, you know, based on the conversation we just have had about uh, the session and, and what happened, uh, people should realize that the High Growth Initiative was really, a, you know, a great success and a great achievement for our community to, to get. And it all started with uh, the leadership. You know, it was a governor's bill. Governor was supportive. Uh, went through the the committee chairs of each of the House and the Senate. They were all very supportive, uh, and uh, you know finally got to the conference committees. And uh, there, you know, Senator Ige and the Ways and Means Committee and Representative Luke on the House Finance Committee, mm-hmm. you know, supportive and and tried to figure out a way to get this this initiative funded and off the ground this year. And so. In the middle of all that, as you know, we had the Entrepreneurs' Day at the state capitol March 6th. The community turned out in, in a large number, and I, I think the message that was communicated during that event was there are viable businesses in Hawaii, very enthusiastic entrepreneurs. That message I think the legislators picked up on and understood that there is a community here to support. Mm-hmm. So, you know, what I'd like to just say is, you know, everybody had a very strong role in getting this put in place. And we have a real opportunity now to start uh, building upon that very solid foundation. And certainly, um, you know, for a lot of bills, just having any appropriation uh, could be the poison pill that dooms it, simply because, of course, uh, we're very sensitive to where taxpayer funds might go. So I think I would agree that for the high growth initiative to have found funding and in the, you know, seven figure range is certainly a great accomplishment. Um, So would you say that it's essentially, though, the same plan moving forward, but scale down a little? No, I think we continue on the same plan. As I said, the the original request was not for a $20 million expenditure all in one year. Right, right. Right, so we were always considering that this was going to be a phased approach. Uh, as you know, the Hawaii Strategic Development Corporation, we're an investment organization. We try to find investment platforms. We work with teams. We try to find matching capital. All that takes a bit of time and process to get in place. And so we, we we're cognizant that you know, you wanna, we want to get the monies into the right hands and, and into viable projects. Uh, so I think the perspective is, you know, over the last several years, we have been fortunate. Uh, we had $13 million from the federal government to fund a venture capital investment program. Last year, we received $2 million from the state legislature to get a venture accelerator program up and started. And that's really where the trajectory ought to be uh, understood. The High Growth Initiative now is an opportunity to have those resources to continue those two efforts. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. And so, uh, you know, I'm very encouraged that, as we were talking earlier, uh, the emphasis now is on this broader ecosystem and infrastructure. So we have Startup Weekend Honolulu that has been you know, very successful, four events already and more planned, you know, very good judges that come in you know, that uh, provide very insightful uh, advice to all the companies starting out. And some of those companies have gone on and received funding. We now have venture accelerators where mm-hmm. people from the Startup Weekends can aspire to maybe get into a venture accelerator program. Uh, Blue Startups has already uh, got their first class. Uh, Kinetic Labs will be setting up in Kaka'ako very soon. And we have uh, seed funding that we think is going to be in place by uh, the end of June that can then invest in companies coming out of the Venture Accelerator Program. And then the State Pension Fund and Kamehameha Schools and their investment programs have mainland venture capital funds who are spending time in Hawaii looking at companies. And organizations like the Entrepreneurs Foundation are organizing networking events that bring those venture capital investors together with our entrepreneurs with pitch competitions and other things. So we're starting to see a broad fabric now of opportunity where an idea can find a home, 
can find a team, can find a little bit of funding, can then grow up into a company, attract venture capital, and then have a shot at mm-hmm, uh, growing. Mm-hmm. So that's really, you know, in broad strokes, what we hope to continue with the high growth initiative is to be able to have the resources to, you know, continue to invest in that sort of infrastructure. Um, but uh, the piece that's lacking right now that we would like to focus on that will be the biggest challenge is what I call a proof of concept center. And this is to focus on the commercialization of research. That is where there still is a funding gap and a resource gap in in our community. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. We're talking to Carl Fuchs from the Hawaii Strategic Development Corporation about tech legislation, tech policy in Hawaii, and uh, the year ahead and what we might want to accomplish. If you've got a question about the legislative process or a priority that you think lawmakers should consider, you can give us a call here at 941-3689 or from the neighbor islands, 877-941-3689. Now, Carl, going to sort of that funding question and something that was mentioned right before the break was this concept that Representative McKelvey was excited about, and I think I would be too, uh, in terms of crowdfunding and perhaps kind of looking to your organization as well for some guidance on how the state might proceed on that. Could you give us sort of a preview of uh, what crowdfunding might look like uh, from either your agency or from the state? Uh, you know, we probably won't participate as a, a crowdfunding platform. I think mm-hmm. that, that may not be a realistic uh, expectation of, of the capabilities that we have. But certainly crowdfunding has evolved uh, very uh, dramatically over the last several years. And, you know, there's stories now, even research programs, crowdfunding, you know, grants to fund their research. Mm-hmm. Uh, and people are finding very innovative ways to tap into uh, the the multitude of resources available around the world. Uh, people have passions, people have interests, and if you can find a way to excite them and back your project, you can source funds. So I think that's a very credible platform to look at, and we certainly want to encourage that. Uh, in fact, uh, Kinetic Labs, which is uh, one of the accelerator programs that we're backing, uh, one of their strengths and one of the reasons we were, were prepared to back them is uh, they are uh, crowdfunding experts. They are willing to work with and mentor companies who may have a crowdfunding aspect. Mm-hmm. Uh, and again, the way we look at it, and speaking from HSDC's standpoint, is not so much as a funding tool, but crowdfunding is an excellent way to get market validation, to find a customer base, to be able to get validation in concrete terms, i.e., someone will send you dollars to get your project accomplished. Uh, If you can then turn around and deliver back your promises to that community, you then have a business model that shows investors there are customers, they're willing to spend their money, we can execute, we can deliver, and then you can take your idea to the next stage, create a company, Mm -hmm. and get Mm -hmm. it funded. So we really look at it as an early stage funding mechanism that allows an interesting project to gain market validation, to get real customer feedback. And uh, we want to encourage people to, to attempt uh, you know those types of uh, efforts. Yeah, and you mentioned Kinetic Labs, and we on our show two weeks ago featured a project called Snap Zooms. It's this little 3D printed gadget, and uh, they started their Kickstarter. They said, oh, do you want to support us? Maybe we can make this happen. They had a $55,000 goal. They hit it in three days. It's still going. They've got 24 days to go. They're already at $65,000. Mm-hmm. And again, these are just two uh, young guys. Local uh, guys, th- yeah. Th- yeah, local guys, a 3D printing partner, and uh, it, this is 
you know, it made it on TechCrunch today. I mean, pretty much the news source for venture capital and technology advancements. So very exciting and something that because of crowdfunding is almost accessible to anybody. Yeah, oh, But it's important to remember that that's not the end, right? Sure. So right, right. You know, our interest from the state is economic development, and we want companies that can grow, become globally relevant, export product from here, you know, put Hawaii on the map. And so, as I said, we view crowdfunding as a tool to get an idea into the marketplace, gain validation. And from that, we hope people will take the next aggressive step, build a company, execute, grow, and scale. Now, Carl, you know, what you've described uh, is is a picture that is sort of uh, coming becoming clearer to me, at least uh, in terms of how you've helped to get the accelerator started and get some funds from the legislature and, you know, get the, uh, like, uh, Blue Startups and Kinetic uh, uh, funded to you know address some of the early startups uh, and and then this year so we're successful at the high growth initiative and and trying to rally around the um, not only the tech community but the entrepreneurial community and and what you are describing is a is a a vision and and a path to achieve uh, this this goal of creating a sort of diverse uh, economic base based in the technology who's Whose vision is this? Is this yours, Carl? I mean, you know, and that's that's a that's great because uh, what perhaps we don't necessarily always see is uh, what is the path that is being sort of laid out in front of us, and we see pieces of it. And and um, I know you had a meeting about the uh, uh, getting ready for the Entrepreneur Day, and and invited a number of people uh, a meeting over at DBED and. And it started to become clear to me that, you know, there is a, an idea that's being sort of put forth here. And I guess what I'm curious, do you get together with the tech community and, and maybe sort of articulate this vision and, and uh, uh, get that support early on? Or, or, you know, does it sort of happen as it happens? Uh, a little bit of both. Okay. You know, it's hard to have a large forum and get everybody together and, and, and pontificate and mm-hmm. so forth. You know, the community just really isn't interested in that. And so, you know, luckily, uh, organically, we've seen now over the past uh, several years, you know, a number of forums develop, right, where, you know, whether it's a Wetware Wednesday mm-hmm. or, um, you know, an open house at Box Jelly or, you know, something. Now there's focal points where we can all get together. and There is an exchange of ideas, and we have an opportunity to, to talk about things. And every once in a while, um, you know, we have an event, you know, like an Entrepreneur's Day at the Capitol, and we get people to come out and speak. And there's a great buzz that happens through that day, and a lot of ideas and things are talked about. So I think it's a combination of both. And, uh, you know, people did contact me and, and say, look, you know, I really don't understand what's going on here. I'd like to support it. Can I understand more? And so we put out that, you know, we'll have an informational session. We'll sit down and we'll mm-hmm, talk. Mm-hmm. And, and so that, I think that was very helpful. So we can always improve. You know, I, you know we're always open to, to new ideas. Uh, there isn't a set uh, agenda. Um, but in, in terms of vision, I think the overall vision is – uh, we do need another source of economic drivers in our economy. You know, the main driver of our economy over the past uh, 20 or 30 years has been the tourism sector. Right. Uh, it's it's a mature industry. It's still relevant and strong and, and vibrant, but its growth is, is not what it used to be. And for it to grow any significant size, uh, there are going to be some resource constraints that we're going to have to address as a community. Do we want, you know, more development of that type or not? Uh, and so coming up with alternatives that could generate 
uh, growth, jobs, and tax revenue from industries that may not be as resource intensive. I think that's a, a viable discussion and an interesting um, uh, avenue to explore, and that's really what my purpose is as an agency, mm-hmm. is to look at you know what are the opportunities for growth in non-tourism-related sectors and non-construction-related sectors. Because if you look at my mandate, that's my mandate. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I mean, and I think perhaps to close, we should ask, uh, we we had Representative McKelvey, Senator Wakai, and you to some extent saying this is one of the best years in recent memory as far as technology is concerned. And I, there's always the concern that when you have progress, when you have success, that people say, well, the momentum is there and there's some coasting perhaps available. And uh, yet we still have those reports that say Hawaii is behind the times in technology we still have businesses and investment opportunities perhaps favoring uh, the West Coast versus Hawaii. So how how precarious, though, is this progress that we've made to date? I mean, um, how close is the edge that we're still walking in terms of keeping us on a path to have more diverse economic uh, a base than tourism or construction? Uh, it's a challenge. You know, there's there's no two ways about it. Um, you know, if it was easy, I guess we would probably would have done it a long time ago. <laughs> uh, it's it's hard, and uh, it's it's hard from uh, you know the government's perspective. I think it's hard from an individual's perspective to take on this challenge. But what's encouraging is you know the world is a dynamic place, and uh, you know the world ten years ago is really not the world we have today. And if you look at where the centers of real uh, interesting economic activity right now in the venture space are, it's Los Angeles, New York City. You know, those really weren't relevant even two years ago. I mean, mm-hmm. they have really uh, rose uh, as as really centers of activity. You know, we'll see whether they can coalesce and form critical mass, but they've really exploded in terms of venture activity and, and capturing people's attention. And so it's possible you don't need to be Silicon Valley-centric. I mean, they're still a very powerful source there. That's where the, you know, the great funding capital base is, uh, where a lot of uh, entrepreneurial talent is. But you know, it's been demonstrated you can create entrepreneurial communities, you know, not having to rely solely on, on Silicon Valley. So I think there is an opportunity for us to, to stake out a claim for where we have a niche, and I think that's the challenge for the community. You know, how can we establish an identity? And that's where, uh, you know, I would hope to get some feedback and some guidance from, from our community. Uh, that's something, you know, where I have a vision about where the gaps are and, you know, sort of technical things, how to raise money and funding. This overall... You know, what is our community? Mm-hmm. What do we want to you know coalesce around and be known for? You know that's something we generally all have to come together and talk about and, and try to think. Well, through. I, you know, I, I look forward to Carl your uh, let's say um, rollout of this uh, next phase of funding and and be sure to you know let us know when that happens so that we can rally our listeners and our community to you know get involved and and stay sort of committed to the vision that you've helped to uh, articulate and and roll out. So, of course, uh, you know, we want to thank uh, Senator Wakai and, and uh, Representative McKelvey for joining us earlier. And, of course, Carl Fuchs, and, uh, who's the president of the Hawaii Strategic Development Corporation. Thanks, Carl, for joining us. Thank you very much. And thank you for listening to Bite Marks Cafe. Join us next week when we'll talk about Ulu Ulu, the Henry Kualoha Moving Image Archive Project. And, of course, if you missed any part of this edition, you can find the podcast of tonight's show on bitemarkscafe.org. And if you have any comments or suggestions, email us at feedback at bitemarkscafe.org. Or, of course, you can also find us on Twitter. I'm at BiteMarks. And you can follow me at Hawaii. Our engineer is David Chung, and our executive producer is Beth Ann Koslovich. And we leave you with our song pick of the week. Here's a band called Heavenly Beat and a song called Faithless. See you next week on another edition of Bite Marks Cafe.